0: hello and welcome to the vorthos cast i'm lorelei weisel labrizzi
1: and i'm chris Delano.
0: and uh we are here this week to talk about the love of my life barda free of dc comics uh big barda of apocalypse is is a wonderful i almost said human but she's an alien <laughs> and oh wait hold on uh i'm getting uh, i'm getting a note in my earpiece here from our uh, producers uh we're apparently not talking about DC Comics, we're talking about the Boom Studios Comics Magic the Gathering line, because we're a Magic the Gathering podcast, so I'm not allowed to go special interest talking for this whole episode, I guess.
1: Maybe maybe after the episode, uh, we can <laughs> <laughs> give the live listeners another two hours of uh, of Big Barda talk.
0: No, I want to go play Destiny, actually. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: I will probably also play Destiny.
0: Um... Yeah, so uh, we are covering the second half of the second arc of the Boom Studios comic. The uh, issues 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. Um, This is the the second arc has largely been following Garak, Chandra, and Nico, And with uh, Tezzeret as our big villain. And it's been a blast. But uh, before Mm -hmm. we head into that... Hey, Chris, why don't you tell us about some news?
1: Uh, yeah, so uh, uh, there's a book coming out tomorrow as of the release of this episode. I think it's tomorrow um, or it might be like Thursday of this week. Anyways, this week there's a book coming out. It's written by um, uh, this guy, Jay Anelli. He's written a couple of books for Magic. And this is one of those like big DK art books.
0: nice uh uh maybe maybe we should get him on the show for an interview sometime that'd be sweet yeah
1: i think that would be really cool like um getting jay and ellie on the podcast would be a really big treat uh i think he knows a lot about magic lore um maybe not as much as us but like probably a lot (laughs) but yeah it's uh it's dk magic the gathering the visual guide it's one of those big dk books it's uh looking real cool we've had some like preview pages from it for a really long time some of which might have spoiled some content uh thank you amazon but uh it's it's gonna be a real good book i'm excited i've got it pre-ordered uh can't wait to start signing issues with jay's name i um, gonna learn his signature and start doing some fraud i think <laughs>
0: uh so the good news is everything <laughs> that got accidentally revealed from the the amazon page previews is all public now so yeah. hooray uh the book's not going to ruin anything for you. If you've been keeping up with magic story, it uh, kind of covers everything up through brother's war.
1: He, he's doing an in-person book signing event too, which is pretty cool. Uh, so details for that are on Twitter. If you live in the like Frederick's Maryland area or something like that,
0: <laughs> so, uh,
1: Frederick, yeah. you can go get your book signed by the J and Ellie.
0: What is J's handle? J 13 X, right? Cause it's Ed, something 18, like that. your name lasts forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then uh, speaking of things that happen after the Brothers War, though, our Phyrexia All Will Be One prebeat is coming up shortly. Uh, Is it Tuesdays now also? Uh,
1: I think it's supposed to be Tuesdays. Yeah. So they've switched like weekly magic to Tuesdays instead of Thursdays, which is great because it means uh, we don't have like a bunch of stuff thrown at us right before recording.
0: Mm, But also it means a bunch of stuff that is new can come out right after we release an episode. though.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so on last week's episode, I said that they were doing the, the Phyrexia all-we-one pre-beat uh, tomorrow as of day of release, but then they moved it, so my the episode got uh, outdated within, like, a few hours of being released. Uh, so it is actually, presumably, tomorrow as of day of release of this
0: episode. That's Tuesday the 13th.
1: And any other news?
0: I... <sighs> The news is that All Will Be One is a really cool set, and I'm very, 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 very excited for people to get a first look at it. Um, Visuals are absolutely stunning. Caveat that that's coming from me, big time horror fan. Uh, So, uh, with that, let's uh, let's let's go to comics land. Uh, And so where we left off is that uh, Kaya Raoul, and Vraska are trapped on Ravnica by uh, Niv-Mizzet. I'm making air quotes. Uh, (laughs) Niv-Mizzet's robotic body is being controlled by Tezzeret, uh, who is uh, being helped out by lackeys Tybalt and Davril Kane. Davril would take offense to being called a lackey, but uh, it's kind of where he's ended up in this position. It's not great for him. He's not having a good time with it.
1: Tybalt would pretend to take offense to being called a lackey, but we all know he has, like, a huge
0: humiliation kink, so he'd actually be, like, totally into it. I am not in a position that I can comment (laughs) comment on such things. Uh, on the hero side of things, uh, Chandra has teamed up with Garrick and Nico to discover why no one can planeswalk to Ravnica. Uh, and together they make contact with the ghost of Jace Belairin, who died by Merit Lage's Hands is not the correct (laughs) word. Uh... Incredible Eldritch Bulk might be the correct phrase.
1: Big old cosmic belly flop on Tom. (laughs)
0: Yeah, pretty much. Um, And uh, they realize that in order to get to Ravnica, uh, they do have a place they can go to find a way in. And uh, that is to track down Davriel Kane himself. Uh, and that leads us into issue 16.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Davril Kane, we, the issue starts off with him just arriving home to a nice relaxing evening by the fireplace. Garrick, Garrick burst through a window. Um, <laughs> Garrick and, uh, Chandra Nico and, uh, Geist Balarin, as I am going to refer to the ghost of Jace Balarin, uh, break into the home and start fighting Davriel. Uh, and Davril, you know, he's, he's on his home turf. He's in his own house. He's got some demons, including, including one named Noshander which is just like a really good name for a demon. Uh, and they fight Davriel and Davriel tries, but he uh, he gets a little overwhelmed by the fact that uh, Jace's whole new thing is uh, he's, he's geist. He's a ghost. He can contact and talk to ghosts. So uh, he, he's on Innistrad. There's not really a better place to do that. Uh, and with some like, you know, violence, uh, they subdue Davriel uh, and he's sort of, switches pretty quickly and is like hey uh you know what actually i will totally help you fight tezzeret if you think you can actually beat him uh because he's up to something and Gabriel explains that tezzeret is using a zona mave if you remember from the hidden planeswalker uh to achieve godhood like you know all evil planeswalkers seem to want to do so uh
0: that's been like you know they were gods once
1: they they were they were gods once uh but, yeah, he mentions that uh, the whole plan of Tezzeret is to essentially become an old walker again. Uh, there's a great page, like a full page of art in this issue. Uh, while Davriel is explaining all this, that shows uh, some old walkers. And it's really cool. You've got Urza. We've got Sarah. Uh, you got Jaya, which is a fun little addition. And then uh, Lord Windgrace. And then uh, some some weird snake guy in the back. I don't know who that is. Um it's, uh, it's Tevish Zot. Uh, and See, you did know who
0: mm-hmm. it was.
1: I did. I thought this was a really cool panel because it is uh, Wuburg. If you think about it, you've got Sarah as white, Urza as blue, uh, Tevish Zot as black, Jaya as red, and Win Grace as green. So they, well, g- they got he? the whole color pile. Bye. Anyways, uh, he sort of explains that's the whole plot. He's going to use Azona, uh, and he agrees to help them get to Ravnica. Because the whole thing is tezzeret has got like locked down with the Immortal Sun, but there's like little itty bitty moments in time that they can planeswalk to Ravnica, and they know the schedule. But now that like Davriel has been compromised, and Tezzeret is gonna know immediately, they're gonna change that schedule. So tezzeret, uh, or uh, Davriel has a plan, and uh, the thing is, is that like no one can get to Ravnica like without being noticed. So Davril says you need someone to show up who's, like, never been seen before. Like, I don't know, some, like, baby planeswalker. Um, someone who's, like, fresh-faced and new and, and like, uh, you know.
0: Cue everyone looking at Nico. <laughs> <laughs> Nico uh, is a
1: little baby planeswalker. Yeah, They're so I cute. love
0: them. <laughs> uh, so, issue 17 uh, starts with Nico returning from Ravnica. Beat the hell up uh and then most of the issue is kind of a flashback of uh what they have discovered uh and they uh hopped onto ravnica and uh kind of stealthily moved around uh found kaya stuck in her ghost form being tormented uh and and um she tells Nico all about uh Tezzeret's various tortures for them uh Ral Zarek is trapped as essentially an electric battery, uh, powering some infernal machine of which Tezzeret is making use of, and we don't know what it does yet. Um, <laughs> you know, under threat of Tomic's life, because the danger to loving people is that villains will use them as collateral to get you to do what you want, what they want. Uh, and uh, Raska has it got. I. If you didn't hate Tezzeret as a person before this comic. Uh, so Tezzeret has gone to the Simic and essentially gotten a bunch of Jace clones that are, like, mindless and obedient servants. And, uh, Vraska, he, he's, uh, I think essentially, like, cut Vraska's eyelids away. Um, so that she literally cannot help but petrify the Jaces that are wandering around her. Um... And so she ends up putting a, uh, a blindfold on uh, and just like wallows in darkness with the memories uh-huh. of her dead boy. Um, and it's messed up.
1: This is this is like a more existentially evil carn uh, and a giant goblin tumbler situation. You uh-huh. know, It's like, hey, what if we just made you kill the person
0: you love over and over and over again? And you have uh-huh. no way of stopping it. It's uh Well, it's, and, I, and yeah. it's just, it's, I'm going to taunt you with like photocopies of your dead boyfriend and then make you kill them over and over again. Or you can suffer in darkness, uh, surrounded by memories of him. And like, it's awful. Um, yeah. And Nico is like, wow, this all sucks. Better go kill Tezzeret i'm like really sneaky i can get them and we can solve this whole thing and uh turns out his Maeve mave is attached to this machine also because her her ability to like amplify magic is being used to power the machine uh and kind of to the machine kind of like channels that ability from her um and nico's like yeah hero time and it turns out Nico's a baby planeswalker. And the thing that made them a good candidate for sneaking in makes them a very bad candidate for trying to win a 1v1 against Tezzeret. Because Tezzeret's lair is a PvP enabled zone and he's at the <laughs> top of the ladder. And. Uh, uh,
1: Tezret's got full mythic gear. Like he's like uh-huh. level 99. Uh-huh. And Nico's like level 16 with a bunch of questing greens. Just they're not going to win this fight.
0: Uh huh. Uh, and so uh, Nico returns and is like, damn, everything's bad. What are we going to do? And Davril's like, hmm, well, I think I know a way to make it work. But, uh, you know, we, we do need to track down Tybalt, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, but I know where he is. Uh, and the best part is uh, we all get to dress up a little. Uh, and yeah. then uh, this leads into issue 18 and one of the best splash pages we have ever seen in any of these comics
1: this is absolutely one of the best splash pages because uh all of the planeswalkers dress up and they go to new Capenna, and we get all of them in like new capina outfits it is incredible i love it um It's just, you get to see Garrick wearing a shirt. That is just not a thing you get very Uh. often. Uh, And Nico in, like, the most stunning outfit that they could wear. Uh, Anyways, yeah, Tibble is gone to New Capenna where uh, he's got, like, a safe house. Uh, So he thinks, like, hey, I'm going to go hang out here. And also, uh, Davril Kane would probably be here, so I'm going to go kill him. Because, you know, he's a traitor. And uh, he runs straight into all of our um, Planeswalker friends. Uh, and by that I mean he runs into Chandra, Garrick, Nico, Davriel, and Teferi is here for some reason. I wonder why Teferi's here. Who knows? Teferi Akosa.
0: What yeah, Teferi mean? Akosa.
1: <laughs> uh, he shows he's there, and uh, I wonder why. But uh they chase Tibble throughout New Capenna. It's like a really cool like chase mm-hmm. scene. It's one of like my favorite ones, like action sequences in the, mm-hmm. the story. Cause he's like running and dodging Nico's mirrors. Uh, Garrick hits him with a baseball bat. It's it's really good. Uh, and he thinks he's like got an upper hand on Nico, uh, jumps onto a car and he's like, aha, I've escaped. I found the right timing and I'm going to jump to Ravnica. Uh, turns out there's a reason why Teferi was there because Tybalt had just a fraction of a moment, just like a second or two when the, the gateway to Ravnica was open. And it turns out Teferi can take that second or two And make it last a really long time. So Teferi uses his time magic to hold that moment in place just long enough for Garrick and Chandra and Nico to jump through to Ravnica together. Uh, Garrick sort of immediately commandeers an armada worm, which is really fun. And Garrick and Chandra go like destroying the city and making a huge scene of things and getting everyone's attention. And uh, Jace, who was, you know, a ghost and managed to, to pass through as well, uh, he goes off and he saves Tomek by uh, working with some Orzhov ghosts. And all together, they save Kaya and Ral and Vraska um, with one of the most heartwarming slash heart-wrenching panels in the whole comic series when ghost Jace Bellerin, uh goes to Vraska and he like comforts her. And he says, I came back for you. And it's just so, ugh. I'm just looking at the panel right now and it kills me.
0: They're gay.
1: Yeah. Um, anyways, uh, then uh, Nico is using all of this destruction and chaos and like distraction moments to go disengage the immortal Sun, opening up the uh, entire plane for any planeswalkers who might want to show up. Anyone who might have a bone to pick with Tezzeret.
0: Which is everybody who's ever met (laughs) Tesseret,
1: And that's that's where issue number 19 starts off. With uh, the very end of issue uh, uh, 18, Uh, Chandra says, uh, There's seven of us. Seven and counting.
0: Uh, I like the first line you put on our little summary in the Mm -hmm. agenda here. All caps, it's a finale, babes! Yeah. (laughs) It Uh, has
1: strong finale energy. Like, issue 19 is very much like... We're starting the finale two-parter.
0: Oh yeah, it's it's the big it's the big like final mm-hmm. fight. I it's, it's the part one. It's like the part one and two of a three-part final fight kind of thing. Anyway, uh, so our our heroes that we've been following this whole arc are here, uh, and then Liliana shows up, uh, fresh off her little side quests in uh, the Hidden Planeswalker, uh where she fought Tezzeret again because uh, she really hates him. Uh, Teferi is back with the crew. Uh, the Kenrith twins make their comic debut. Um, Angrath returns. He was in the finale of the first arc against Merit Lage, and so he's back again. Uh, the perfect boy Kaido is here. I love Kaido so much, and I'm glad that uh, he exists here. Uh, I, I think this was like a slight nod to uh, potentially events on Kamigawa that don't exist in the comic but are maybe existing in the comic we don't know how the timelines exactly diverge uh in those regards um but he's here uh and a johnny is here and uh he heals raska's eyes so she can once again control her petrification and she's not very happy <laughs>
1: It's so fun. Vraska's like, look, just point me in the direction of the enemy and take off my blindfold. That's all we got to do.
0: Which is great because the direction, uh, the enemy that is in the direction she gets pointed and everyone kind of gets pointed or our cops, the Boros (laughs) uh, is in the way. Uh, And then um, the ghost of Niv-Mizzet, which is no longer like haunting the robot Niv-Mizzet body. Uh, gets everyone together and uh, we get all these action fight sequences as they uh, battle their way through Tezzeret's guild-packed guard, uh, which is a bunch of Ethereum monsters of the type that we've seen him create in card art throughout, you know, the last seven years. Uh, and a bunch of the Jace clones. Uh, and uh, at this point, the ghost Niv-Mizzet turns to Rao and was like, hey, by the way... If you go up to Nivix, which is the guild hall for for the Izzet, uh, you can do something really cool that nobody's known about. And so Ral gets to be a mech pilot because the tower itself becomes a robot, essentially, (laughs) and starts walking around crushing stuff and fighting stuff. It's wild. Uh, Meanwhile... Nico's like, hey, time for me to do the sneaky thing again because I'm good at infiltration and be a hero again because there is one piece of this puzzle that we still need to solve and that's the Zona Maeve is still part of this machine uh, and we need to stop that. Uh, But who is there? The man, the devil man, who got away on Nuka Penna, Tybalt. And they go for a rematch dun 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 cliffhanger
1: yeah and uh issue 20 does not not start with uh with nico and tibble issue 20 starts with uh nivix the you know building mech uh just absolutely destroying robo niv just like grabs the robot and opens it up and is like hey you thought this was impressive well i'm a fucking building um excuse my language uh in case any children are listening anyways (laughs) Um <clears throat> anyways, uh Garrick uh decides, hey, I'm done with all this fighting. I'm just gonna uh summon up all of the beasties of Ravnica. And so Garrick, uh, you know, the beast caller uh calls in like all these like you know monsters of Ravnica. We got like uh we got some elementals, we've got some worms, we've got some vine stuff. There's like a viashino, there's a boar. It's just the whole crew. Uh and Garrick calls them in and they start you taking care of all the problems, uh, and then we cut to uh, the fight with um, Tybalt and Nico. And uh, Nico was expecting Tybalt this time, and knows how Tybalt fights. So they kind of they kind of win pretty easily. Uh, Nico ends up trapping Tybalt in one of their mirror shards, uh, which uh, we'll see how that shapes up later in the story. Um, and by that I mean issue twenty one will resolve that, but it's pretty fun. Uh, but turns out Tybalt was uh, not alone as Tezzeret shows up and Tezzeret is like, hey, uh, what are you doing here? I've got to activate my Azona machine. And uh, Tezzeret hey, what's,
0: traps. What's, mm-hmm. what's that machine do, though?
1: So it turns out, guess what Tezzeret is trying to do? He's trying to cast the Elder Spell because of course he is.
0: I know that one.
1: Yeah. Uh, so he's trying to become a god. He's gonna he's gonna use the magic, of the elder spell, to uh, draw power from across all of these incredibly uh, powerful locations that were uh, foreshadowed in previous episodes. We've got the stronghold on Cabald, the Emeria Sky Ruins, uh, the Drownyard Temple on Inistrad, uh, and so he's pulling in all this power, and it's um it's looking like he's about to succeed in becoming a god. Uh, someone pulls the plug though. And it's no one else but Davriel Kane who has uh, shown up to deliver some of the best lines in the entire series. Uh, He is incredible. He unplugs Azona Maeve from the machine, turns off the power, and just sort of looks at Tezzeret. And he says, uh, you know, it was me. I conspired to bring your enemies to Ravnica. I sabotaged your machines in your moment of triumph. And uh, all of your revenge you were going to take, I took that too. And Tezzeret's like, no, you didn't. And then Azona Maeve goes, uh, no, I am here. I am alive. As long as you are connected to this machine and I am connected to you in that way, you don't have any power. You're not even a mage. And Davriel Kane gives the most crushing line ever when he says, goodbye, Tezzeret. I hope they kill you. Uh, and then they do.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah.
1: So so all of the uh, the planeswalkers on Ravnica uh, burst into Tezeret's tower and just start wailing on him. It is like, it's it's not an honorable battle. Uh, I think the line is that uh, this was not a noble battle. It's just a bunch of planeswalkers beating the crap out of Tezzeret. Um, one by one, they all get their hits in. You know, Garrick gets a hit. Chandra gets a hit. Kaya, Rao. Uh, they all get to uh, you know, beat on Tezzeret for a minute. Uh, and then uh, Fraska gets the last word. Uh, and she uh, she turns Tezzeret to stone. And uh, Tezzeret is just petrified. And that is, that's the end of him. Like, there's not a lot of records of people coming back from petrification. He's just turned into a rock. And uh, that's the death of Tezzeret. And uh, sort of the end of the story, uh, there's a bunch of outros, a bunch of little moments between people.
0: They're nice. Uh,
1: they're so cute. So we get like a scene where, uh, you know, all the planeswalkers get to stand in their moment of triumph. Uh Ral and Tomic are reunited. And Raul says, Hey, why don't we just get married? Like, I'm so in love with you. And I was thinking about you the entire time I was being tortured. And uh I don't really lead, like lead the is it anymore. So, like, we can just get married. Uh, and so they do. <laughs> uh, then of course we have the wonderful reunion of Jace and Vraska. Uh, turns out there's just a bunch of Jace clones around, and when you're a ghost, all you really need is a body, and so um they just kind of plug Geist Bellerin back into a Jace clone body. And we've got uh, the return of Jace Bellerin and Vraska. Uh, And that's the end of the story. That's it. There's credits and then it's over. But Actually. Wait, a post credit scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it is. Uh, it is on an unknown plane somewhere out in the multiverse. Aminatu is sort of just telling the story of what happened. And yes, it's Aminatu did not see this coming at all. And out from a, uh, the the shadows of this plane steps Azona zona mave who says hey i think it's time i took a turn i think it's time fate did what i wanted for a change and that uh that sets us up for issue 21 and what is uh, a new arc coming out
0: there's uh all at the end of the final battle all the heroes mm-hmm. are like wow th- this was like this went really well almost like it was like fated to happen it's very convenient uh, and then it turns out Amanatu was maybe manipulating things uh-huh. a little bit and good for her. Uh, <laughs> but also, hello! Welcome to the first magic story with Amanatu in it. Uh, a character who has existed for a number of years now and has never shown up in uh, card game canon in any kind of story content uh, gets uh-huh. to be here, which is great. Um, what does the third arc have in store for her? We'll find out in a couple months when we make that episode, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. The the cool thing about the third arc, um, at least as of right now, is it's only uh, looks like it's only going to be five issues because it, it has its own little subtitle. It is Magic War of Fate. Part one of five is issue 21. So um, we're looking at getting like our own little like mini arc within the the comics, which is really like so very comic book to do. Is to have, like, a named little tiny arc within a, a series. But, cool. uh, yeah. Uh,
0: issue 21 is out already. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you haven't read them, the uh, Johnny One-Shot and Nahiri One-Shot, each by Seanan McGuire, are out. Um, they're good. Read these comics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this arc did... Uh, one of the things I really like about this arc uh, is that we got to explore... Uh, different main characters without ignoring the fact that the past main characters still exist. You know, Raokaya and Vraska carried the first arc. They're still here in this arc and they get to do some things, um, but they're not the focus. Uh, and then we get to focus on Chandra, Garrick, and Nico. And like, hey, this is the first time Chandra and Garrick have ever met in any magic thing ever. Uh, which is cool. And Nico gets to be there. And Nico's awesome. I love Nico. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so we get um, we get to exist in what feels like a continuation of our comic world without having to sit with the same characters. Uh, Magic's, one of Magic's biggest strengths is its uh, vast Planeswalker pantheon, for lack of a better word uh and getting to explore that deeper you know we get a lot of davriel and we get a little bit of tybalt um we get to see a lot more tezzeret uh and we have a lot of fun little cameos uh which are like hey if you play the card game and are more familiar with these characters you'll see them in the comics and that's cool and if you aren't familiar with them and are just reading the comics you'll be introduced to these characters and maybe want to learn more about them uh, and so uh This arc really took advantage of the fact that magic has a lot of characters and, uh, Mm. in, uh, I think, really productive and successful ways. And that was very enjoyable to read.
1: Yeah. I think magic, by its very nature, tends towards being uh, similar in a lot of ways to like superhero stories. And like we've talked about this before, magic is very aware of this that, like, what makes it a good IP is the fact that it has a bunch of. Very interesting, very diverse characters that, like, anyone can find their favorite and latch onto them. Yeah. Uh, and the comics, for a long time, really didn't take advantage of that. So, like, the past ones before these this Boom series, I feel like, you know, we had our Chandra comics. We had our Dak Faden comics. We had You Can Go Back to the Armada comics, which kind of did it a little bit. Um, but, like, they weren't really leaning into, like, the superhero comics feel. Uh, And I would say that now these boom comics are just, like, really leaning into superheroes uh, in the sense of, like, these characters are just kind of a fantasy IP version of superheroes. Um, And, like, no spoilers for issue 21, but, like, that issue made me really think, like, oh, this is, like, real comic book superhero storytelling.
0: Oh, yeah, it's great. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, the whole we killed Jace and then we found his ghost and then there happened to be clones of him and now he's a full Jace again. 100% comics bullshit. It's great. I love it. (laughs) Um, But yeah, like for a game that has uh, you know, this is the fourth attempt at uh, you know, long running print comics for Magic the Gathering. We had the Armada comics in the mid-90s. If you want to learn more about those, we had a fantastic interview episode Jeff Gomez the creative mind behind those and uh, some of the other things creatively with magic in that era uh, talking all about that stuff it is still one of my favorite episodes we've ever done Um, then we had the Dak Faden comics which were like hey we'll make up a character put him in the comics and have the comics run like kind of parallel to the set story taking place on the same worlds roughly uh, and we can do that kind of, uh, you know, additional story content uh, and follow Dak there and have like that be his realm. And uh, those ran for a couple of years. Uh, and then we you know had uh, the uh, four issues of the Chandra comic, which had seemingly all kinds of production issues. Uh, and so the, that, the sequel to that never came out. Uh, now we're on the Boom Studio comics. And these are the ones that really feel like superhero comics. Um, and that's a very fun tone. And it's, it's really neat uh-huh. watching Magic embrace um, a style of medium and a style within that medium. Um, that it's been really similar to for a long time and has never really hit the vibes of. Um, like we've we've never really had a Magic the Gathering set that is like the superhero set, that's felt like the superhero set. There's never been a point in a card game where the Planeswalkers have had that kind of vibe. Um, that's not a criticism. That's not necessarily a positive or a negative. That's just mm-hmm. kind of a statement of how magic has existed. And, and these are the comics that really push them into that space, Um while not losing its identity as magic. Um, and I and I think uh, everyone involved, you know, Jed writing the comics, Ig illustrating them, uh, all the production people, um, you know, at Wizards of the Coats and at Boom Studios and all the editors and, and creatives uh, working to shape these comics have, have created a really unique feel for them that magic hasn't done before, um, but also sits really neatly by neatly i mean cool not organized uh <laughs> into the sphere of um a lot of what boom studios is doing in his licensed comics uh boom has done uh, got a ton uh still famously
1: power rangers that's like yes. a big one for them and the, uh, i've only heard good things about power rangers the power rangers comics. one has
0: been good uh they've been doing godzilla as well um i think they did a godzilla power rangers crossover I do recently.
1: remember something yeah
0: somewhat recently I say mm. it's I think in the past year uh but you know time is messed up um <laughs> yeah no and uh they've they've just nailed it and mm. uh credit to jed like one one of the difficult things about working on magic is that it does have a lot of characters um and uh when you have very limited dialogue space um and very limited visual space to convey these characters and get people to like them and appreciate them. Um, you need to use all your words and all your panels judiciously. And I think, uh, Jen has just crushed it. Um, Mm -hmm. all of these characters have just resonated with, um, their depictions in card game, Canon, uh, Davriel, all the characters feel the same. They're just in different situations in a different timeline, essentially. Uh, And uh, Chandra feels like Chandra. She is reckless and casual and fun. Uh, As a person who loves writing Davriel, I appreciate so much how much Jed's Davriel just Mm -hmm. drips with the... um, the fashionable excess, Mm -hmm. yet stinginess, but cleverness and uh, pettiness. Uh, It's all great. It's all great stuff, uh, and uh, it has just done a really good job. Uh, Chandra's and facial expressions have just been, like, really silly and expressive. Uh, Nico has had some really good reaction image, <laughs> uh, caliber looks. Um, you know, Garrick gets to take up the most of every panel that he's in visually. Um, he's just massive. Uh, the way he's illustrated in these comics is so good, um, and just yeah, just just overall, I I I really can't tell, recommend these comics enough. They've mm-hmm. been really really fun. They're really different than the stories happening in the web fiction with the card set canon, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I I like that this and the card stuff gets to coexist at the same time. Uh, I think this is just a delightful boon for orthoses and fans of magic story
1: it's a delightful boom <laughs> uh Aha! i do want to mention like uh ig iguara is the like uh, primary illustrator for these comics mm-hmm. um he posts on instagram a lot like his sketches and stuff so that's really cool so if you want to go find uh, ig on instagram highly recommend it uh But also like they do have other illustrators who've worked on it and they all do just like an incredible job. And it's one of my favorite things about comics Mm -hmm. is that sometimes you like turn a page in a comic and the art style is different. Like not in like a like jarringly different way, but just like you get to see how characters are drawn differently by different people. uh, Even if they're sticking to the same character designs, there's not like blatant differences. You don't go like, oh, what happened to this character? But just like Nico will look different in one panel versus another. Um, There's like a a scene from issue 17 when Nico is like broken into Tezzeret's lab and they say like, oh no. And it just looks very like anime, manga style. Oh no to me. and I love it because it's not like, it's different from Ig's style, but it's still Nico. And it still looks really fun. It's just, you get like a a little, it's like a little treat of art throughout every issue where like Jock Solomon or uh, Kath Lobo who are uh, who worked on it? Uh, there's also um, uh, Bruno Tamura also worked on it as well. These are all illustrators on the comics, and they all have like their own little styles and their own mm-hmm. little different ways of drawing characters. And I, I like that. It's like it's a little treat for people who like to look at good art. Well, um, as,
0: especially as we're building mm-hmm. out kind of the Boom Studios canon, we now have uh, one uh, little side arc in the Hidden Plains Walker mm-hmm. and three one shots with Tezru'ta Johnny and um, Nahiri. And, uh, so we've gotten, uh, a handful of writers, um, uh-huh. for, uh, I, I believe, uh, Marguerite Scott did the Tezzerot one-shot and Hidden Planeswalker, and then Sean uh-huh. McGuire has done the two other one-shots, and, um, and, you know, so, so we have various writers and various illustrators, um, kind of building up, uh, this pool of content, and, uh, it, it's really great to see everyone's take on different things, Um, one of the things I really like about, uh, work for hire work, um, is, is that it's all collaborative. And when you have different people at different times working on the same characters and the same kinds of stories, uh, and stuff, uh, you get to see how those characters get filtered through those creators, whether they be authors or illustrators or editors or whatnot. Um, and so, you know, when I write Chandra, it's going to be You know, the essence of Chandra is still going to be there. She's still going to sound like Chandra, but there's going to be a lot of little things Mm -hmm. about her that are unique to me writing her versus when Jed does it. Or, um, when, uh, you know, we look back in Kaladesh block and we had I think, uh, at least three different people writing the main Chandra stories. Uh, I think we had, uh, Chris and uh, Doug and Allison writing her at different points mostly. And, uh, you know, depending on whose story it was, it was easy to tell like, you know, besides just reading the byline like, w- what each person was bringing to that character and and uh, comics are a great venue for that um, because they can be as little as a one issue uh, thing or you know, part of a big arc and so we've gotten to see a lot uh, of differences that way and I'm really excited to see uh, to see where these comics go from here, how many side stories are we gonna get? How many more like Hidden Planeswalker type things are we gonna get? Where does the main story go? Uh, how many more one shots do we get? Like what? As we're growing this tree, how many branches are we gonna get? How much? Mo- how many more names are we gonna get? Uh, you know, in mm-hmm. in these credits pages, and uh, it's just it's really exciting. Um, uh, art's art's good actually.
1: I, I also, um, I do want to mention, like, we did not talk about the Ajani or Nahiri one-shots. Uh, we haven't covered them yet. Yeah, I don't uh, know
0: where they're going to okay. fit in the schedule. So we'll
1: figure it out. We need to get Shannon on, I feel, and just get Shannon to talk about them for, <laughs> for an hour. I think that would be a lovely uh, episode. Um, but they are really, really well-written. And they are really wonderful character pieces. Uh-huh. Uh, and they, they also, like... It's nice because you know a situation in the main continuity storyline is um a little uh, a little sad. If you're a big a Johnny fan, you might be like thinking like, "Wow, I'm not getting the Johnny that I want in the stories because like you know a Johnny has been turned into a Frexian." Um, the Johnny one shot is not that a Johnny is not a Phyrexian, Well, as far as we know in the Boom Comics, uh, and so it's just like a lovely character study of a Johnny um, that you get by reading the comic that like enhances your love of Ajani and the main continuity without taking anything away. So uh, I like that. Um, And the same thing for Nahiri where there's not a lot of Nahiri fiction going around right now. We kind of, uh, we did Zendikar Rising and that's, um, it's been Nahiri's big showing uh, recently, but the Nahiri one shot is just like a really, really delightful story that I don't think. So much. Yeah. I don't think you could get that story in like web fiction or the main Mm -hmm. continuity Um, And getting it in comics is because comics are a very unique, uh, like mode of presenting and telling story that is very different from the rest of how we learn, you know, how we read magic. And so we get these, uh, these great, like really pretty, beautiful character studies. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I think one of the strengths of the, like, I I've been really happy with the boom studio comics. They, you know, they keep making them. So clearly they're doing well enough that we have, Produced uh, more Boom Studio comics than I think the the uh, IDW ever published for Magic, um, which isn't like a dig or anything, but like it it's nice that we have a comic series that seems like it's on good ground and good footing to continue, um, and uh, it's really nice getting to watch for me uh, Magic become a franchisable IP. This is. This sounds really pro-business, uh, <laughs> but uh, just, just from, like, a creative standpoint, like, I, I like that we have a lot of opportunities for different kinds of magic stories. Um, where, you know, like, one of the things I like about superhero comics is that, hey, if is there a comic out there or a piece of media with a version of your character you don't like, your favorite character that you don't like? Go read one of, you know, or, or watch or whatever, or listen to uh, one of the other iterations of that character. Uh, you know, I, we talked about Barda earlier. Uh, there have been multiple writers on the Mr. Miracle comics, and I have not liked all of them. Uh, there have always been moments that I have liked. Uh, I, am, I am currently in the late 80s, early 90s Mr. Miracle run, which has been interesting. <laughs> uh running parallel with the justice League stuff uh, of that era, and um but it's all like like you don't you don't have to like all the things of a character that get made, but if you have a bunch of different versions you get to enjoy a lot of different kinds of things about it. And that's one of the things that like superhero comics has, has long succeeded at uh, between uh, comic books and radio plays and television shows and films and video games. Um, you know, I get to watch Booster Golden, all kinds of different kinds of media. Uh, and he is delightful in all of them because Booster's great. Um, and, you know, magic getting to have, the horror Phyrexian Ajani that I really love because I love Phyrexia and I love horror uh, in the comics canon is one thing. And having him s- still be this loving guy who teaches lion cubs, you know, leonin cubs, I guess is the correct word, because mm-hmm. they're not all lion people. Um, uh, nakato cubs. There we go uh about planeswalkers and like has little story times with them exists in the comics and and that all gets to happen together and i think that's really really uh one of the strengths of magic uh reaching out and broadening um the kinds of stories it's telling
1: yeah i um i know a lot of people who were uh who felt like a johnny got done dirty um in the uh in the main story and i understand that and i can relate to that but also like go and read the Ajani one shot. It is like a wonderful palette cleanser where you get to, uh, really enjoy the character. And it's like, it's a lengthy one shot too. It's not like a little tiny thing. It's like a full Mm -hmm. like reading experience. Yeah. Um, one last comment about the comics before we start having to, to start the wrap up process. Yeah. Uh, these are like really beautiful. And I know we've talked about the art and the coloring. The coloring is also uh, Mm -hmm. really good on these comics. Um, the Ajani comic, for example, has some of the best coloring for a comic. I love it. Um, these are like really good artistic pieces. And when you buy an issue, it you know like in a physical copy, it's full cover. That's like full color. You get a full color comic uh, for like four bucks. It's it's absolutely worth the investment, even if all you're gonna do is read them once and then like put them on a shelf. Um, like for less than the cost of a set booster, you can get a comic with like gorgeous art throughout it. It's uh-huh. it's so good. Um, I also read them a lot on Kindle and uh, Kindle app is pretty bad it's not my favorite thing in the world <laughs> don't, don't recommend it but um, it means yeah. I can read the comic as soon as it comes out at midnight in my bed while I'm like going to sleep I'm like oh shoot the new comics out and I can just pull my phone up yeah. and read it
0: um, yeah I have a lot of thoughts uh, about what happened when Amazon folded Comicsology into the Kindle app uh, yeah. and the differences between the way Kindle app handles comics and the way the Comicsology uh, reader handled comics and Lordy, do I have a strong <laughs> preference that does not align with what happened with the world? Huh? Um,
1: it was a strict downgrade, like oh, not even so a little bit.
0: <laughs> it's so <laughs> bad. Uh, I, I am also a digital comics reader. Uh, I, I like having them on my computer. It is nice and easy. Uh, I, uh, I do intend to pick up the uh, the trade releases for mm-hmm. the Comics, So I have like something that can sit on a shelf in like a book form. So it's a little sturdier because um, I do like physical media. Um, but uh, yeah, all, I, I, I do all my comics reading on Kindle. Uh,
1: and you too can read comics on Kindle if you just buy the Boom Comics there. Um. <laughs> yeah. I also I do uh buy them on Kindle so I can read them immediately and then I pick up like uh whatever physical editions with, especially if I can get like the Oh can you can get any covers. of the variant covers, yeah. Yeah. So like I, I, I have bought some of these comics like three or four times. <laughs> I'm the reason why Boom keeps making them. They're like, wow, we sold like five copies to this one person.
0: Uh-huh uh the variant covers for these comics have just been incredible that's like a whole other thing i'm not going to talk much about it but whole
1: oh, yeah shit. shout out shout out to our uh to the artists for our playmats who did a
0: variant comic yeah andre kind of andre garcia got yeah. to do one uh for issue 10 was it uh, no last arc? it was a it was
1: this arc i don't remember which okay. issue it was
0: <laughs> i don't know he, he lo- he's Andre's a huge Nickel Bolas fan. I got to do a Nickel Bolas cover, variant cover. It was great. Yeah. Um Yeah, super excited. I was when that got shown Man. off, I was like, damn, that's awesome. So proud of you, bud. Uh that, yeah, that's awesome. Uh w- w- watching a magic fan uh come up through uh illustration work and get to do one of those variants was, was really, really sweet. Um damn, we're gonna end this episode. I was like, oh, wow, we're almost done summarizing the comics and we're like 20 minutes in. This is going to be a short episode. It'll be nice and easy. We're at 50 oh. minutes. Uh, so we're, we're going to end it here uh, with do uh, not underestimate
1: talks. our ability to talk for a really long time.
0: Well, no. And so that's the problem is if nobody ends the episodes, I will talk forever. I don't shut up. <laughs> um, the problem with starting a podcast about your special interest is that it's your special interest and uh neurodivergently spits words out for hours and hours and, hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours uh so uh final final thoughts what is my final thought i don't know if i have one
1: uh i have like several you could just borrow one of mine i was gonna i was gonna talk about um about destiny that was a final thought i was gonna have
0: uh new season oh, god i love destiny the new season of the serf has been really really stellar so far i'm just like I haven't played a season where we've gotten a lot of Anna Bray yet. And this mm-hmm. is the first one. And having all of Erica Ishii's snarky quips in my ears has been delightful. She is. She does fantastic work. Um, I I played a lot of Apex when uh, her character in that game, Valkyrie, uh, came out. And, and she was also a ton of fun. Um Anytime Erica gets to voice something in a game, I get ecstatic. She's wonderful and delightful. Um, we have Clovis Bray back. I hate him so much. He's a <laughs> uh, God, is he one of my favorite Destiny characters? I loathe him. <laughs>
1: He's but so he is, evil.
0: The character building for him is just so good. Um, Destiny's just an IP with a ton of really good, strong character work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really delightful. Anyway, uh, I'm also oh. having fun. I'm getting, I'm a Titan main. I get to play, uh, I've been playing a lot of second chance, uh, because our seasonal activity, the heist battlegrounds, uh, has all these champions in it. And it's always at, at least five light above your light level. Uh, so there's never a point where you can just be like, "Yeah, I don't really want to equip any champ mods, just a chip, uh, you know, equip, uh, champ mods, uh, you know, unless you have second chance, which, Gives your melee inherent anti-barrier. and So the mm-hmm. barrier knights just be like, I'm going to throw up a shield and I'm going to be like, I'm going to huck a shield throw uh, and pop your shield in one hit always. And it's great. Um, I have it with the Guardian <laughs> Games armor and the uh, photo finish shader, which gives me the RGB gamer lights. It's great. <laughs> in dim the loadout. Uh, my loadout for that build is just labeled sports in all caps. It's very excellent.
1: Yeah, I'm getting a lot of use out of uh, out of Arbalest, I'll tell you that. Um. <laughs> it's because
0: it's one of the best guns in the game. Uh, they have nerfed that gun a lot, and it still continues to be one of the best guns in the game in both PvP and PvE, uh, which is very, uh. very silly. Uh, great sound. It's one of the best sounding yeah. weapons in the game, I think, which is, like, a big, big plus to it. Uh, Just, been. Uh,
1: just a good game. Uh, also, uh, that's where uh, Allison Lures is at now. Yeah, uh, Allison Bungie. went
0: to work on work on Destiny. Uh, I was so excited when I heard the news. Mm. Uh, I was like, oh, my God, Allison, you're going from one of my favoriteest games to another one of my favoriteest games. This is the best. <laughs> um, so looking forward to like next year or whenever the stuff Allison's working on now will actually get released. Um, yeah. yeah. So well, uh,
1: my, my final thought that I'm not donating to you, um, uh-huh. though, I guess you could take it if you want to, uh, I, I have finished the first season of Lost. Um, I'd never watched Lost before, so I've, i just experienced it for the very first time. Uh, it's a good show. It's a good show. Uh, and now I'm like alternating Lost and, and, uh, Andor, um, which is great because you get to, you get to say, uh, we're going to watch some Lost and, or, and, or, um, <laughs> Uh, So uh, that's that's been my media consumption consumption lady lady that's been my media consumption lately Uh, also on top of destiny uh, Pokemon I did it I bought Pokemon Scarlet like I said I would at the end of the last episode Uh, and it was uh, it's really fun it's a really good Pokemon game I don't know anything about it I am absolutely just going in blind Uh, and it's really cool. To experience a game where I don't know anything that's happening until I experience it. I'm like running into Pokemon and being like, what the heck are you? It's a, it's a really fun way to play it. Um, uh,
0: it is one of my favorite Pokemon games they have ever made. I think uh, mm-hmm. really fantastic work. Not close the best story and best characters. like It's just good content. Uh, I've also been watching a lot of Tales. Andor was great. Uh, I've obviously been watching Witch from Mercury because Gundam is good. Uh, I am uh, halfway, you know, I, I finished the first season of uh, Gatchaman Crowds, which was really good. If you want a, a good Sentai style anime show with uh, almost exclusively queer and or neurodivergent characters, uh, Gatchaman Crowds is fantastic. It was <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, go and if movie. you want
1: if you want a video game with mostly queer and neurodivergent characters, <laughs> Destiny 2. Aha.
0: <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh um uh working my way through b and puppy cat lazy in space it's very cozy mm. very cute we're getting to expand on lore things that the original web series never got into it's delightful working my way through kill a kill because trigger continues to be awesome i have also on my own finished uh sss's Gridman* and uh sss's dina xenon both of those series i thought were wonderful if feel like they're each 12 episodes they're uh um Ultraman Sentai style uh, kaiju shows. Uh, both of them were fantastic. They're doing a movie next year. Those are uh, joint productions between Tsuburaya um, and uh, Trigger. And um, they were great. But anyway, this is the part where things are going to go too long again. Because we're going <laughs> to hit an hour uh, so if you like our show you can head to patreon.com slash the cast support us financially and keep the show running and if you do you get access to our discord community where Vorthos is from around the world are getting excited about something all the time it's, it's always something it, the, the something changes but there's always good stuff happening on the discord we would love you there I mean, all, everyone who supports us is wonderful we appreciate you so much to all our listeners thank you this has been the Barthos cast. Boom. Shortest closeout ever. Bye.